We have over 8,000 applicants for 10 positions. So, why don't you tell me, in your own words, who exactly is Annie Braddock? Wow, that's, <laughs> that's certainly an easy enough question. Mm -hmm. um, Annie Braddock is a kind... Well... I am... Um, Annie Braddock? It wasn't exactly a trick question, yet somehow I couldn't formulate a response. Of course, I knew all the basic facts, date of birth, hometown, socioeconomic makeup, but I didn't really know who I was, where I fit in, who I was going to be. I was suddenly terrified I'd never find the answer. You ever had a moment like that? Maybe you're having one this morning. <laughs> So Annie Braddock in our clip was uh, somebody who, who didn't know who she was. And uh, I hope that as we study this passage, we will, we will be able to, uh, if nothing else, continue to ask that question. And uh, I think God's Word provides some pretty great answers. Um, I, I do feel like when we were singing that song, Reckless Love, I felt like it's this passage uh, encapsulating, encapsulated in a song, um, because this passage is about God's reckless love for you. Um, so, um, start out with a little bit of intro. Uh, if you're not familiar with the book of Ephesians, the book of Ephesians is masterfully written um, by the Apostle Paul, and uh, the first three chapters are all about identity. And the second three chapters are really about uh, a call to action. But it's really important to understand the order. Um, the order is everything. Because if we don't understand who we are, then we get everything all mixed up. We're, we're at year 2020. You know, I saw it um, at a church on the way here. They had their marquee sign out, and it said, had a pair of glasses on it with 2020, you know, and talking about vision and 2020. And, you know, this is the year that it's going to happen for us. You know, this is the year everything is going to be better, and we're going to get on track. But until we, we really understand who we are, and particularly who we are in relation to God, the God of the universe, then we, we're going to get it messed up. We're going to, we're going to trip and fall. And this, this, this pattern um, in seminary, um, Allison mentioned that I went to seminary at Covenant. In, in seminary, we call this the indicative imperative relationship. You know, they got to complicate everything in seminary. Um, part of the reason why they probably call it cemetery half the time because you go there. Um, but it's the indicative uh, imperative relationship. And anywhere you see a command in Scripture, you're going to find something about our identity. God did it with the Israelites when he called them out of Egypt. He said, you're my own. And now, because you are my own, I'm giving you a law so that you can know me better and you can live. But he doesn't give them the law until he tells them who they are. He calls them his own. 
And you see that. I challenge you to find anywhere in Scripture where you see something that tells, where there's something, uh, an action that you're called to, a command to obey that is not backed up by telling you first who you are. And that's no different in the book of Ephesians. And so it's all about our identity. This first chapter, that's why I go to it, because I struggle with my, my own identity. Who am I? When I was a kid in high school, I came and I, I was all about being an athlete. I, I ran track and I played football and I was a weightlifter and a golfer and all these other things. My dad was a professional athlete. He used to box in New York City back in the 40s and 50s. He was awesome. So I was raised by a man who was very, very capable physically, and I wanted to be like my dad. I wanted to be this physical specimen. I wanted to make it to the NFL. And so I tried really, really hard, and I still struggle to this day. To this day, I still struggle with my identity as being an athlete. Where, where are you? What, what do you struggle with? I know you do. I know you struggle with your identity. I know you struggle. Maybe it's being a super mom or a, a, a great housekeeper. Maybe a, a, a public speaker or a, the greatest of fill in the blank. But whatever it is, we struggle with our identity, don't we? We struggle to understand and know who we truly are. And so that's a long introduction to this passage. And I hope that, it, that, that, that by reading this, by soaking in the, in, in the lyrics of the songs, and, and by being here this morning, that you can leave out that door with something to give to the world. And it's, it's, it's not this, this facade of who you are, but it's truly who you are in Christ. So before I read the passage, I want to point out a few things. First of all... Um, Something that's pretty easy to overlook. Um, and, and again, the, the way biblical writers write, it's just unbelievable. And we believe in you know, uh, uh, conservative uh, theological Christians that we are, right? At least I am. Um, we believe that the Holy Spirit inspired all of this stuff. And so the deeper you go, the more these patterns and intricacies you see in Scripture. And so we see them... Uh, very vividly in this passage. But one of the things that you might not see, and I want to just point it out before we read so that you can pick it up, is the passage is broken up, especially starting in verse 3, it's broken up and it reveals the Trinity. That Paul, you know, some people say, well, the Trinity isn't anywhere. They don't use the Trinity. But the Trinity is everywhere in Scripture. And Paul points out, he, he, he starts the, 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 in verse 3, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he goes through, and we'll see that it's set off by these, by these uh, one phrase at the end of each line. We'll get to that. But So it, he starts with the Trinity. Because any good theologian starts with the Trinity, right? It's rooted in the Trinity. Secondly, um, I want you to notice where, how many times it says, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Because it's important. This passage was written to believers, people who believed Jesus. That's very important. Remember, the order is everything. These are not things that are being said to people who don't know Jesus. These are things that are said to people who know Jesus. It's very, very important, and we'll get back to that. 
So in uh, the In Christ slide, we have um, Paul uses this term over and over and over again. He uses it 11 times in this passage alone. He uses it 34 times in the book of Ephesians and almost 200 times throughout his works. It's incredibly important to him. And the reason why it's important to him, I've got a couple quotes if we can pull those up, Um, is because... As you go throughout Scripture, you'll see that, that, that these people were, were placed by, by God as um, representatives over his people. I mean, you've got Adam was a representative. Okay? You've got um, Abraham and uh, uh, Noah and David and Solomon and all these different people were, were over God's people. They represented God's people. It's most clearly spelled out in Romans chapter 5 that it talks about how we were in Adam. Adam represents all of us. And yet if we're in Adam, we are, we are in bad shape. Great, amazing creation story, but very quickly he fell. And, and being in Adam is, is, is we're cursed. But being in Jesus is everything to Paul. Being a believer of what Jesus has done means absolutely everything to him. And I want to just point that out before we start. So we started by by being rooted in the Trinity and that we're in Christ. So let, let me go ahead and read the passage. And I'm going to be, yes, I'm going to be trusting this stuff here. So this, these verses, because um, I can't, when I get up here to preach, like you look at a Bible and they're all, my eyes are going. And I, you know, some of you understand, right? Um, so this is really helpful. This is just the introduction, and this just solidifies the point. He's writing this to believers. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, of Christ Jesus, by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, Grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So there he's just saying, you guys are believers. Okay, I want to write to you because you're believers, because you believe this stuff that I'm talking about. Um, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace. That's an important phrase, which he has blessed us in the beloved. Um, The reason why that's an important phrase is that sets off the Trinity, the whole Trinity stuff, to the praise of his glorious grace. That is repeated in the three different places. You can tell I was, went to seminary, right? Like, uh, so there's a few things that I'm going to point out. You're going to be like, oh, big deal. Like, that doesn't have anything to do with me. But it does. It has everything to do with it. The order is everything. And I'm going to show that that is as is, is important as anything. Um, okay. So one of the other things I want to point out. So I got together with my family a couple weeks ago. And we sat down and we looked at this passage. And one of the things, if you read through this passage, you'll see there's blessings everywhere blessings and my one of my daughter my oldest daughter said i said what do you guys recognize about the passage and repetition of words in scripture is incredibly helpful it's it's really good to look and say hey he repeated this word like 
11 times or six times in two verses. It's really important. And so, blessing, 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 blessing. And, you know, I thought, yeah, 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 that's good. There's another place, and we're going to go back to this, that I really truly believe that Paul is, is, is referring back to another place in Scripture when he uses this blessing over and over and over again. I wonder, we'll get to it later, but I wonder if anybody can think of what it is. Blessing, 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 blessing. This is a verse we repeated over and over and over again, again in seminary, because it's such a significant verse. And in fact, Gary and Ashley, are you guys in here? Yes. My understanding is that these verses are what fuels their ministry in London. So we'll get back to that in a minute. Okay. So before we go any further... I want to just I just want to make the point again it's the order is important and our motivations are important and there's a, a a fun clip but I think it's really true that helps us to understand that it's not just us in this room that struggle with identity or understanding who we are it's some pretty big people in Hollywood too that struggle with this problem From the upcoming film, True Crimes, please welcome two-time Golden Globe winner, Jim Carrey. Thank you. I am two-time Golden Globe winner, Jim Carrey. You know, when I go to sleep at night, I'm not just a guy going to sleep. I'm two-time Golden Globe winner, Jim Carrey going to get some well-needed shut-eye. And when I dream, I don't just dream any old dream. No, sir. I dream about being three-time Golden Globe winning actor Jim Carrey. Because then I would be enough. It would finally be true. And I could stop this, this terrible search. For what I know ultimately won't fulfill me. But these are important, these awards. I don't want you to think that just because if you blew up our solar system alone, you wouldn't be able to find us or any of human history with the naked eye. But from our perspective, this is huge. You know, we laugh. I think we oftentimes will laugh. Maybe it's a nervous laugh, but it's a It's a chuckle or it's a laugh because we know it's really true. He says those things with a smile on his face and Denzel and Jamie Foxx sitting on the front row, big smiles, you know. But they're kind of laughing thinking, how much do I work and try to get, try to impress people and get all these awards so that I'll be something? So that I can be named and I can say I am successful and I am good and I am powerful or whatever whatever it is that you're looking for 
So, you know, it's, it's fun to kind of laugh at celebrities, but, you know, where, where do you fall into that? Where is it something that you struggle with? And, and again, it's just it's a reminder. And I'm not pointing the finger because I said it already. I struggle, struggle daily with this stuff. One of the other things that I want to do, and I know I, I, I'm spending a lot of time kind of ramping up and, and introducing, but one of the things that, that I think is incredibly important as I was thinking about this, I think, okay, so this passage speaks of my relationship with God, my relationship with Jesus. He says at the beginning in verse 1, you have peace with God. Because of God's grace, you have peace. You're settled. It, it's done. It's a, it, the, the work is done. But I, um, I, I wonder if maybe part of my problem with, with why I struggle is because I'm so kind of, invo- they call it navel-gazing, you know, so interested in looking at myself and my own little world that I, I don't open my eyes and think of God or, 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 or think, see God in Scripture enough, and God has been reduced to whatever I want Him to be. I think it was Cornelius Van Til, famous theologian um, up in Philadelphia or, or, or Pennsylvania. He said, um, God created us in his image, and we returned the favor. That God made us to be representatives and, and, and have all these things that it speaks of in Psalm 139, as we read earlier. And yet, we took what he gave us with the intelligence, the amazing dignity that he gave us, and we turned it around, and then we thought we were powerful enough, and we created a God, and we put him in a closet. Again, my family has been, I've been exploring some of this stuff about the universe and how far stars are and how big they are, and and they're saying now that there's probably something like two trillion galaxies Ours being one of only, you know, two trillion, but just average in size. The Andromeda galaxy, which is the nearest to us, which is like three point, well, anyway, it is twice the size of our galaxy, which at the speed of light takes 100,000 miles or 100,000 years to get across at the speed of light. That's just one galaxy. Now, a lot of people who watch this go, and maybe you're there, I am so insignificant. You heard it in the clip. Jim Carrey said, you know, if we blew it all up and we're so insignificant. But these awards are, imp- awards are important. It's trying to find significance. I, I believe it was Tim Keller that said that one thing that we're looking for, or two things that we're looking for is significance and security. And this passage offers both. I'm not even to the passage really yet, right? Sorry. You can look at this and you can say, I'm so insignificant. Look at how big the universe is. And I'm here to tell you that that's not true. It's not even in the least bit true. And I could stand up here and I could try to articulate all the ways and intricacies because you are a human being and created and on and on and on and on. But I think Ephesians chapter 1 says it best. That the God of the universe, the God who stands over this creation, 
and controls every molecule that he, in these words, says you are significant. And you have security in Christ. Let's, let's go ahead and pull up the, the next set of verses there. Uh, uh, three, two, six, I believe. Or did we do that already? Oh, yeah, we did that already. <laughs> We're well past that. Um, so, so, in him we have redemption. Through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. One of the things I want you to notice in this passage, again, I'm sorry, i got to go back a little bit. Um, Notice the tense of most of the verbs. There's only a couple exceptions. Notice the tense of the verbs, okay? This isn't, now we're in English class, right? We were in seminary before, now we're in English. The, uh, the forgiveness of our, tra- according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined, having been predestined, according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. There's that saying again, to the praise of his glory. Okay, you English people, what's the tense of the verbs? Past. There's, I think, one present and there's one kind of future that, that's, that's in the, the, the whole. Um, there you go. There, so those are all the past tense verbs. Why is that significant? It's done. It's finished. Thank you for answering, by the way. <laughs> you don't always get that. Um, I just stand up here and think that you kind of know what's going on. Um, Actually, I may be out of order here, but uh, turn to the passage that I said that fueled Gary and Ashley's ministry, and uh, I'll tell you what it is so that you can find it. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Now he said to Abram, go from your country and your, your kindred and your father's house and the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Okay, tense of the verbs? Future. Okay, so big deal, right? This is hugely significant. The order matters. Abram, you know, you think of Abram, what he did. God was giving him an identity. In the same way Paul is saying, you already have an identity. But he's saying all these things will happen if this, because Abram, Abraham, when you would go on to be called Abraham, he was the representative of, of God's people. And he, he, he was setting forth, didn't even have any kids yet, didn't even have a land, didn't have anything, God was saying, pick it all up and go, and I'm going to give you stuff. And so he was recognized that. In Hebrews chapter 11, Hall of Faith, he's, Abram, what would we do? Where would we be without Abram? He was 
but it's all future tense. And the reason why this is significant, the reason why past tense is significant, is because, and there's a lot of talk about predestination in this passage. People get hung up on the word predestination. I, I get it. But it's really more about, you know what? God set his love on his people before it all began. And it's done. Finished. One of the words, that, and, and it reflects back to that song, The Reckless Love, and that wasn't, I don't, it was so late since I, it was just picked. And I didn't have anything to do with that. I, but it's so beautiful the way God orchestrates things. But you look at this and you say, it speaks of God lavishing his love on his people. That's probably my favorite word in the whole passage. That God's love, his grace was lavished on us. It's like in, in the first chapter of John, it says we have grace upon grace. It's like, you know, a cake that's got icing on it. And then you just go, hey, oh, what the heck? Let's just put a whole other, you know, put fondant on it. You know, over top of already, I, I mean, we have been lavished by God's grace. And guess what? It happened before you did anything good or bad. He set his love on you as his people. And that gives us significance. Not the fact that you're a doctor or a nurse or a super mom or a two-time globe, Golden Globe winner. But because the God of the universe set his love on you, and not just a little bit, he lavished us with it before the beginning of time. And so we can say, as Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. It is finished. So why do we go throughout life trying to find our significance in all these things? When God has said, you are secure. Turn, go to the last verses. Do you want to know that we're secure? This already tells us that we're significant and in. Are you secure in God's love for you? Yes. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance. Is that good news? Yes. Until we acquire the possession of it. I'm sorry, this mic is... I need to get some tape next time. And there it is again, the praise of his glory to set off. The Holy Spirit is active and moving. I hope he's active and moving in your heart today to reveal these truths to you. These things that Paul considered so important. And you know why he considered them important? Go to Ephesians 4, please. Uh, the 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 four fourteen. I, I I think I oh there it is. Um, that's the second half I think isn't it? Oh oh no no that's right you're right. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine by the human cunning craftiness and deceitfulness or deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. 
Guys, I, I know it's, it's a challenge every day. I, I, I would encourage you to go to this passage and really read the pa- passage, not spend 25 minutes setting it up. But just read it and read it again. Because if you know and believe Jesus, this is all true of you. It's done. Not because you had a quiet time or because you did something amazing, magnanimous, or, or, or that, you know, we fed however many children or rescued. Not because of that stuff. That doesn't give us significance. It's all been done in Jesus. So go back and read it. Read the whole book because it does call us to action. But don't get the order out of, out of whack. Make sure you get your priorities straight. This is the priority that you have been secured and been made significant in the life of Christ. Now, some of you in this room may not know Jesus. And I just offer this as an invitation to know him. That if you don't know Jesus, you're missing out. Not on the glamorous, glorious life. Because I'm not saying it's going to get easier, right? Church. I think it might get harder. So come with us and die, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what Jesus said. He, you know, the, the, where are we going to go? What are we going to do? We're going to follow you, Jesus. He says, listen, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man, I, don't even have a place to put my head. So it's not a glamorous thing. I mean, Jesus, but he says, as you go, Know that I love you. As you try to carve out your way through life, know that you are significant to me. That I love you. That I've lavished you with my love. That I chose you before anything was ever created. This whole universe. You were important. You are important. I didn't say it. It's, it's, it's God who said it. So there. Um, I want to pull up that. Anybody know this woman that we're getting ready to see? Yeah. One of my favorite movies, right? Mary Poppins. Julie Andrews. I asked the question. Anybody not know who Julie Andrews is? I actually, in Brevard, I have a couple. I mean, they're young. But um, sometimes my cultural references miss the point, you know. I've taught college classes before, and it's like, okay, so you know so-and-so, and and they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But we all know this lady. One of the most famous singers in modern history, right? Julie Andrews, wonderful, wonderful voice. I was raised on Julie Andrews. Sound of Music was her first role, and uh, maybe the most significant, I don't know. But just we used to watch that movie over and over and over again, not necessarily willingly, but um, love this lady. Um, I don't know how long ago it was. I did a little bit of research, but I didn't get the time frame. She's, as far as I can know, she's still alive. She is pretty, you know, getting up there. I don't want to say too much because, you know, um, <laughs> I am too. But um, so something happened uh, several years ago where she started having some difficulty speaking. 
and, uh, and certainly was having difficulty singing. And they found out she had nodes. You, you hear this about saying, I think Bono had it. And so she went into the doctor and he says, yeah, yeah, just come in one afternoon and we'll do the procedure. You can be out and you'll be singing back no time. Well, two years later, she still couldn't sing. And I saw an interview with her with Barbara Walters, another reference. You guys know who she is, right? I mean, she's interviewed everybody. Um, but she was talking to Barbara Walters about it. And you know how Barbara Walters can get. She's pretty, you know, just like any good reporter, she really presses the issue. And she starts to kind of dig in a little bit to Julie Andrews, who's really this beautiful, you know, very put-together woman. And, you know, she's practically perfect in every way. And she, you can tell, she's a little agitated, but Barbara Walters keeps pressing. She says, Julie, what if you never get your voice back? And um, in response, Julie Andrews says, I hope, yes. I think that would change something inside me forever. Because Julie Andrews has built her entire identity, her entire life, on, the, on, the, on the, her ability to sing. And she knows that if you take that thing away from me, you can see her get a little agitated. If, if you told me that I would never have a voice again or that I could never sing again, that wouldn't just change my outlook on life. It would change something inside of me very deep. And I wonder... What is that thing that you base your identity around? Is it this passage? Does this passage name you and tell you that you are significant and secure in Jesus? Or is it your career or your financial status or your house or your kids? Ouch. Don't talk about my kids. I hope it's a good challenge for you this morning. I hope that you can just rest in God's love for you, that he lavished on you, and that we can leave this place and we can have something to tell the world, the good news of Jesus coming and dying for us. A death that we couldn't die, a life that we couldn't live, And rising from the dead as we will one day rise from the dead because of what he has done for us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the work that you have done through Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you are big enough to control the universe and to control my heart. Lord, I pray for each person here, for our struggles, for our failures, for our successes even, which may be a bigger struggle than anything else because we tend to look toward those things to give us an identity. Lord, I pray that we would find our identity and that you would press in like Barbara Walters did to to, to reveal those things in us, those idolatrous ways that don't seek you but seek ourselves seek our own glory Lord, help us help us help us because we need it so desperately in jesus name we pray amen